oh, well, they'll wheel them out of the assisted living facility and they can catch it on Twitter. Why the fuck did I schedule it for two, Joe? I don't know. Can everybody else get in? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. It, 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 it went live on. Yeah, there's some. It went no, live I see on, someone. Um, on uh, ba, 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 YouTube. Uh, YouTube and Twitter. So. Cool. Uh, I haven't done that. Oh, even better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everybody's going to mail you so, a razor. Yeah, I know. I'm still sick, but I went running this morning again. So I'm not oh, that nice. sick. It just, it just feels like a summer cold, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. So well, I got rid of the, the wife and daughter left this morning. To I got up at uh, 4.30 to take them to catch. Uh, they're on a school trip to Disney. So oh. I'm actually getting some fucking work done today because there's no interruptions every 20 minutes. So that's good. Yeah, that's sort of the uh, that's sort of what happens when you work out of the house kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you get like I was at a daughter's tennis matches yesterday at one thirty. I think I got there and, you know, it's friggin hot as well. It's not hot, but the sun is super strong out there. Yeah. I must have drank a gallon of water and all the parents were like fading on the sidelines. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like the first really strong Sunday we've had, yeah. you know, last this last weekend to now. So, you know, you come back exhausted and the last thing you want to do is any work. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. you know, then you sit there and realize you've streamed every single show on every channel there is. And you're like, OK, I guess I have to do some or something. <laughs> Dude, my son and I have been watching the sickest fucking show ever put Which one? on television. It's called The Boys. And it is on Amazon. And it is excellent, but it is also uh, sick as fuck. Let me just tell you. It is. What's so twisted about it, man? Is it gory, gory or is it? Gory as fuck. So these are, this is like the. Um, it's a parody on Marvel and superheroes. Mm-hmm. And it, they're a bunch of superheroes who are bad actors. And it is violent as fuck. I have, I have never seen anything like this show. I mean, absolutely ever. But it's so well done. It is unbelievable. Chuck says Homelander for the win. <laughs> yeah. Homelander is the <laughs> super character who's a piece of shit. Um, is this the one where, like, the very first episode, they're in trouble because they're all, like, running around reckless and, like, somebody gets, like, taken out by a superhero to stand on the street decapitated or something like that because they were yes. flying by drunk yes. and fast or something? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Yeah, I watched one of those episodes. Oh, yeah, that's dude, it just shit. gets... That, and that isn't even... That is, like... Tip of the iceberg. That's like uh, a, a 1950s Western level of violence compared to what comes later. Oh God, dude! It is some sick shit. So anybody that's watched the show will know what I'm talking about. But last night, everybody warns you about season three, episode one, with an unbelievably painful, violent, disgusting death that makes every every man want to crawl in a hole and die. So it is just duh. Jesus Christ, it's it is a sick show, but it's so well done and so captivating. And the parrot the the statements that it makes all the way through, like, 
I was watching with my son in the first season and there had been, I won't give any spoilers for people who haven't seen it, but there had been this big plane disaster that could have been avoided. And this character Homelander, who's the top superhero amongst in the company that is all the superhero company, um, is giving a speech uh, on a, on a beach where they're pulling up the wreckage of this plane. And uh, he, he starts quoting George George W's speech at nine 11 and like not quoting it, saying he's quoting it, just giving it the speech, right? Those people will hear from us soon. La, la, la. I mean, it was just like, and I turned to my son and he's like, what? And I'm like, that is, they are totally fucking parading. That's why he's named Homelander, Homeland security, oh, security and yeah. all the scare tactics to scare the shit out of anyway. Great show. Highly recommend. That's enough of that. But, uh, just unbelievable. Chuck says, wait till the end of last season. No spoilers, but Homelander equal MT. Oh, Marjorie. Well, we're already there with Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> Shit. So anyway, <laughs> we're already there. Uh, okay. So uh, real quick, I want to make sure everyone is aware. You remember yesterday, Joe, when I, we were looking at that, uh, that exciting new lending platform. Uh <laughs> Uh, Apollo, oh, Apollo X, X. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the one I thankfully did not connect to. Uh, well, it turns out that the newsfeed I was using uh, thought that the original article was a Reuters article, but they actually the scammers actually created a scam Reuters site with coverage of their protocol and their own scam website. Thankfully, their sites have been suspended. But if you went ahead and took the chance yesterday when we said don't uh, and connected to it, you need to go revoke permissions because uh, Apollo X Dow, uh, as they always say, if it's too good to be true, it's too fucking good to be true. <laughs> so uh, it was a total scam and uh, you should revoke permissions. Um, I actually reached out to the guy that provides these. It's an AI automated feed. Um, um, let him know that he had allowed some shit to creep in there. He said he was working on fixing that as well. So anyway, hmm. Sean said, what fake leverage? No. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the, uh, that's the ultimate one about it. if you don't know where the yields coming from, it's you true. are the yield. You are the, yeah. Yield. So Joe, tell me, um, out of the last 20 startup funded deals in DeFi, what do you think the largest, one in two categories for investments are what, like kind what, of startup, what kind of yeah what kind of startups are they shit uh maybe like DSI and GameFi. so uh what do you mean by DSI? you know decentralized science oh no life so it's play. infrastructure no. and gaming you got it you got 50 50 on that one infrastructure right, and I'll gaming. Take that. Infrastructure, gaming, and data. Uh, data had number three spot uh, out of the ones I looked at. Um, but people are still so getting would, funded in the space, but no protocols are getting would funded. Would Canto, are you considering Canto infrastructure or would well, Canto be? Being, being a, cha a blockchain, it'd probably be its own separate category, but I would probably Got put it. it, if I had to push it into one of those, I would put it into infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, but pretty interesting. Um, but I did run into a few. Um, a few projects that I thought were pretty cool from that list. So this one is called Strider and on their website, they're very uh, evasive about uh, what they're doing, but it turns out it's a um, story based 
gaming platform that allows people to kind of create the stories and the games themselves while they're playing the game. Um, and they raised 5.5 million and their, their approach to this whole thing sounds really interesting and they've got, you know, um, some big names coming into it, Makers Fund, Fabric Ventures, Shima Capital, the guys um, I know, Spermion, who also put money into Walk-In, both of those did, uh, Magic Eden, um, and it was founded by a former Andreessen Horowitz partner uh, named Andrew N. Green. So hmm. interesting play. I love this idea of playing on stories and tying it into yeah. uh, DeFi and, and, and a gaming platform, so... Cool. Uh, Niblet says regularly revoke permissions on the scanners, Etherscan, Snowscan, etc. Or if you use Rabi wallet, you can do it all in the wallet. All revoking capabilities are built into the wallet. It keeps track of it for you. Um, and you can revoke it all at once or one at a time uh, in the Rabi wallet. So highly encourage if you haven't used the Rabi wallet, give it a shot. That's not advice. You should you know, make your own decisions, do your own research. For me, I've been using the product for a year and a half and very, very happy with it. Mm -hmm. I tend to do the revoke. I don't do a lot of it on ETH. I've got a couple of wallets there that are just so bloated. But, you know, I'm like, I just don't feel like going in and dropping 20 bucks to revoke stuff. Yeah. Um, each one. Because, you know, you're looking at like it's going to be a two grand spend day to do all that. So, <laughs> exactly. But I definitely do it on Polygon and, you know, Phantom and all of those where it's just super, super cheap. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know what I'll do next. I just don't do a lot on ETH right now. Uh, I'm not either doing a ton. So um, yesterday I discovered a really cool tool and I'm going to show you how I'm using it here in a minute called uh, HAL. Awesome, awesome tool. It allows me to set up alerts, uh, API capabilities, all kinds of cool shit built into it. Um, but <laughs> then yesterday, Consensus buys it as part of their centralized Infura blockchain infrastructure. I was just like, what the fuck, man? Why does everything good have to go to, as I called it, Acme Centralized Corp? So anyway, yeah. it's I a very cool tool. I can't wait to see what they do with planetary resources. I haven't heard much out of that since they bought it four or five years ago. I, the I have asteroid a feeling miner. there's not, I wonder if there's anything left of it. It's a great concept. I would, dude, I'd say put a big bunch of Bitcoin mining farms up there on there asteroids go. and let there it go, go screaming around. It'd be a forced total. Be, when it comes back cool. in like 98 years, you'll be a multi-trillionaire. There you go. I, your grandkids I'm, all, I'm all good. I'm all good with that. <laughs> Speaking of becoming a, Dirty wealthy Alex Alexis Ohanian disclosed that he spent fifteen grand on Ethereum when it was at thirty cents a pop. He still holds it, and it's now you know five hundred and fifty thousand percent ROI. So eighty two million dollars in Ethereum for a fifteen thousand dollar investment. Uh, what year was that? Wow, I can't remember what year the presale was, but yeah, that's a that's a, that's a nice return. But wasn't it, I sort of remember it getting, I mean, not the 30 cents, but remember the last crypto winner, didn't it get down to like 70 bucks or something like that? Ethereum? I mean, I remember it being really low. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it, I think it, I think it had some dumps pretty low. I, I don't remember where the price scale was. You could always look at it. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I think, I guess what I was thinking about Sean's, you know, um, not financial advice in the Telegram channel about, you know, the post Shanghai upgrade release. ETH, potential ETH dump, you know, down to what, what, I don't remember what the range is. I want to say 300s or something. Um, 
whether it happens or not, I think that there's going to be, I was just thinking about Frohanian and like going, Oh, you got 82 million now. Well, yeah. You know, you might be down to 20 here in a couple of months. Looks like the um, low since uh, the 2020 range was 125 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sean's now tipping in. Yeah. Sub 100 bucks. Where? When? Or maybe he's talking about pending. Now it was. Oh, maybe he is talking about pending. <laughs> Not financial advice, of course. Let's um, see. It looks like the last time it broke it was. Uh, uh, broke a hundred was 2017. Okay. So, and then, yeah, then Litecoin must've gone down pretty low too. If I remember right, that might've been the one that got to 30 or something, but yeah, but they always come back, you know, I guess until they don't one day. Absolutely. Um, but you know, it's, it's, there's so much exciting stuff going on. I mean, just in like getting it, booking interviews for East Denver and the different protocols that are approaching. Yeah. It's like, there is some, I don't want to talk about it now until after we do the interviews, to share with the audience, but there's just some amazing stuff out there that I was completely blown, blown away by that. I didn't really realize how much, you know, all these problems we talked about all the time, how many companies are building or wheedling to solve that stuff. Um, it's super impressive what's yeah. coming in this next wave. So to me, I don't look at, you know, I was kind of just wanted to put that in about everything keeps coming back until it doesn't. Um, I just see this next wave coming whenever it is is got so much real value in it and real functionality that not that it hasn't had it to date, but it just keeps improving. Yeah. It just keeps improving. So, um, you know, I'm super, super positive on that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm just, no, Sean said, nope, ETH went sub 100. I'm just trying to find out when it did. Maybe there was a wick. 107 in March of 2020. <laughs> Yeah, maybe there was a wick. I don't know. Because those are probably monthly candles. I, I, I figure 107 is no, close no, enough. No, no, sorry. Those are da- I think these are da- uh, dailies. Thir- these are dailies. 2013 to... Well... 20... Yeah, COVID, I can't. This what is COVID it? dump. This is COVID dump. March 16th, 2020, it shows 107.92. Okay. But maybe it maybe it wicked down. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm is, thinking maybe they do 2019. Maybe, yeah, maybe they do closing no. high on this chart. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, okay. Uh, let's see what else we have here today. Uh, Arbitrum is blowing up. Uh, fa- yeah. User base is fastest growing among leading blockchains. And then I guess it was yeah, today, uh, Coindesk announced that it surpassed Ethereum in daily transaction volume. Wow. Yeah. So... Um, you know, uh, seems to be uh, uh, seems to be blowing up. Sean says COVID dump went to eighty eight dollars. Uh, let me know the date on that, man, if you can find it. Um, but I certainly believe you uh, more than I believe myself. You know, I'm really super impressed with what Arby's has been doing um, in this last year. I mean, obviously they were always oh, doing for a second there. I was like Arby's, like like oh yeah. Well, I say could, no, but there was a thing on there. The very first sort of play on Arbitrum was like Arby's Finance or something like that. Oh, okay. And I, when I was over there a couple of years ago, and there was nothing going on. And so I was holding millions of those. And then I think it turned into Umami or something like that eventually. But, you know, it was just kind of, which has its own mess that I think somebody yeah, they got their out fucking somewhere. mess right now. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that now when you know, I went back in there a ways ago just to see what was going on, and then you had all these new plays. 
excuse me. And then now in the last two months, I mean, it's just blown sky high what's going on over there. So, you know, if you're not in there yet, you should get over there and and do some stuff because, you know, they're going to have to do um, airdrops eventually. So, you know, you would think. Yeah. So you might want to just get in there and do some stuff in different plays, like whether it's GMX or it's this new Camelot's getting a lot of press these days and a few other ones. I mean, there's just action. And I'm just thinking about it in vis-a-vis Polygon and Polygon laying off people. And, you know, I was reading a white paper yesterday. I was comparing the different chains and, and just some of the issues with Polygon that I wasn't really that familiar with, to be honest. I always loved it because of the fast transactions and the, well, the cheap gas fees. But that was just in a comparison to ETH back then. And I'm wondering how long it's going to take before Arbitrum, um, you know, becomes the dominant player on on the Layer 2 landscape. Yeah, well, it looks like it's trying like hell. Uh, just a quick yeah. note. Sean is absolutely right. Ooh. The... Uh, the drops tab chart sucks, but trading view shows us at $88 and 33 cents, uh, on March 9th. Uh, and he's got March 13th, but maybe this is, oh, this is a weekly candle. So anyway, it did go to, uh, it did go to 88. It did go to $88 on March 13th, 2020. So just to clarify that for everyone, Eamon said, I remember that I bought BTC at 3,400 that day, thought about ETH, just stuck to BTC. That was the day I got back into crypto stuff after missing the 2017 run up from losing my keys. <laughs> Good timing, Eamon, though. That's great fucking yeah. timing. Uh, Camelot is awesome. I've done a few of the launch pads, Shizzy says. Hmm. So. Yeah, I um, I saw something today how one of their groups on one of the launch pads, I want to say OCT maybe, they pulled it. And there was a little, you know, fight, public, private messaging fight going on where, um, you know, Camelot had to explain why they pulled the offering or why oh, they sure. kicked them out of the launch pad. So it's pretty, you know, I'm, I like seeing that myself because it shows they're just not launching. And I'm not saying the project was bad or junk or anything, but obviously there was a reason. Yeah. And the fact that they're actually policing the space, I think, is a good thing for everyone. Um. A project called, I haven't had a chance to dive deep into this yet, but I wanted to put it on your radar, Joe, because I, I think this will be interesting to you. This project called Swarm uh, has launched the world's first tradable stocks and bonds. So these are not synthetics. These are wow. these are actual, I guess, somehow putting, um, I don't know if they're putting certificates into tokens or how they're doing it or if it's just asset oh it says asset backed tokens available on polygon for retail and institutional traders with no minimum investment um they're only starting with apple tesla uh and two bond etfs but you know that's still that's well, cool to see yeah and they're launching in germany which has all that new legislation that makes you know things favorable over there in the crypto space um, I think it's pretty cool that they are doing, you know, trade fi instruments, you know, stocks yeah. and bonds. Yeah. Remember when Binance was trying to do something with it, but they were synthetics? Oh, yeah. The synth- and then they pulled that one after like two weeks because, you know, there was just too much heat coming at them. Yeah, and Gaines still has that up. They do. Oh, yeah, okay. but but they it's only only margined, only leveraged. You mm-hmm. can't you can't just flat trade it like Binance was. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, I did that a little bit. I also remember the, yeah, I haven't been on there in what, a year plus, but yeah, I remember also those ETH up, ETH down, BTC up, BTC down tokens. And 
if you ever wanted to hedge positions, you know, you would just go in and stock up on the down ones. And yeah. then if it, you know, it was an easy way to short stuff and protect the stock. Um, but you had to pay attention, you know, obviously, and people don't. So yeah, exactly. But, exactly. You know, this is Eamon cool. says on chain settlement speed yet with old five stock settlement speeds of day seems like they're going to get screwed by that discrepancy in settlement times. I don't know how they're handling the settlement times. Um, you know, I would assume it's going to function very much kind of like how your, your, your TradFi broker does when you trade, you know, they're probably going to be a market maker too. So they'll be holding like liquidity, like liquidity pool equivalents of these stocks and bonds. Yeah. So if they have them on hand, so you probably get filled quickly, but then they have to then resettle. Yep. Yep. Is my guess. Um, I thought this was a, a kind of a bullshit deal, but I actually read the details. 10 cents making a huge play with their cloud offering into web three. Um, first of all, they did a deal with anchor anchor now has done deals with, Google, um, Microsoft, Azure, and now Tencent Cloud for pro providing their infrastructure nodes and capabilities and staking capabilities branded for these providers. So, you know, I've, I've always been a fan of, of Anchor and what they were doing um, in the past, and I've used their liquid staking um, modules quite a bit. But um, this to me is... This to me is, you know, Tencent making this move along with Microsoft and Google uh, to partner with Anchor for Anchor to provide them with their infrastructure for Web3 is um, pretty powerful. So, yeah, no, I mean, Anchor's been killing it. And the other one I've been watching a lot lately is, is Liquidity or Liquidity, sorry, um, that, you know, we've known and you've talked about a lot. I think you've interviewed them on the Mission DeFi side a couple of times, too. Yep. Um, They've been just popping the last couple of like days. I think I saw a little correction today, but there's something big going on there too. And I do have us some, um, well, you or me, one of us, you got us into the li liquidity thing at, at, uh, in, in Denver. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we're going to get it, get the full scoop there as to what's going on. Why is this moving deals? So we'll be able to talk about that hopefully on the show uh, soon. Um, but that's one to keep an eye on too, guys. Anchor. No, she's all of them. No, Shizzy, not the same anchor, dude. Not even, not even close to the same anchor. <laughs> it's yeah. totally, totally different project. Uh, Niblet says WeChat CBD CDBCs coming right up. <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> uh, oh, this is the one we talked about yesterday. Let me move on. Oh, this was I, this was some interesting data I pulled up the other day, and I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the twelve uh, crypto assets with the biggest year-to-date gains—that was as of uh, three days ago. So, um, so let me see where was that list? Here we go. Oh, Tron! Wow. Uh, the leader among the twelve is uh, is the native token to a game on BSC called Cyber Dragon. The token is called Binary X, has gained 613% against the US dollar. Uh, BNX is followed by the artificial intelligence crypto asset from SingularityNet, uh, another interview I have up on um, with the founder up and CEO up on uh, Mission DeFi. AGIX has gained 277%. Of course, artificial intelligence is kind of getting that artificial pump. Uh, with the, all the open AI shit. Can I ask uh, a quick question? Is, is that the same singularity that we were looking at in 2018 that did, uh, had Sophia, you know, it had yeah. Hanson robotics one of the, involved? Okay. One of that, one, the guy who built Sophia is one of the founders of, of, uh, of this singularity. singularity. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, because I was introduced to them by some, I was actually Royal Bank of Canada people that were banking their money. And, um, and I was kind of like, you know, they got some wacky professor types there that yeah. just, you know, have that Einsteinian hair look and, and they look super, super smart. Yeah. So I'm glad to see they're still around and still kicking it this, you know, five years later. Yeah. OKX token OKB is next at 106. Uh, wait a minute. Well, it doesn't say, oh, 169%. Trust wallet token, also a Binance product, up 162%. Um, and two tokens associated with liquid staking, Lido, uh, 116%. Rocket Pool, 80%. And another AI token, Fetch.ai, was up 30.26%. And Quant Network was up 27.12% in the last 12 months. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Tron up 10.61%. CDAI, uh, these are useless after that. Uh, you know, other things are like, the ones that are up. Yeah. I mean, but it's, they're going year to date, right? Like a 12 month or 365 day cycle. So exactly. everybody was rolling down. I think I'd be kind of curious, like the last, you know, six weeks, right. what tokens are up the most then. Um, year to date or not even year to date. Or, yeah. Year or year even year. just this year. Even, yeah. Even just year to date. January, for, February. You know, 23. Yeah, yeah. I'd be really curious to see what's there because there's been a lot of stuff moving. I mean, I've seen 16s and 20 X's so far in these yeah. two months. And um, so things are hopping. Um, the other thing yeah. I thought was interesting was what would be on those lists too, would be like Stellar, Cardano and Tron, you know, all those legacy ones from the 2018 cycle. And, you know, I saw Cardano was at like 40 cents the other day and Stellar was inching up. They're, they're all like launching new things. And, you know, Tron is doing whatever Tron does rolling dice or something. I don't, I don't know what they do, but you know, I guess it takes lots of billions of people to roll dice to create a value proposition. But the point is that they're all still moving up. So, um, you know, and your buddy over at uh, Cardano, your pal, let's just name Hoskinson. Yeah. But they're all probably, I don't know about Tron, but you know, Stellar and Cardano must be clean regulatory wise in this country, you know, like Algorand. Because well, I, think Cardano's, like I think Cardano is trying to position themselves as that, but they don't get as much attention, right? Because, yeah. you know, essentially all they are is a token. I mean, yeah, they have a chain, but. Yeah, I remember there was, when I was trying to get a couple not of. much going on there. Yeah, well, there wasn't much going on either four or five it, years ago. So I'm, and I was it took to a couple those. of days for every transaction to seed at that point. I don't Ouch. know if they fixed that or not, so. Remind me now, didn't all those guys come out of the the Stellar guys and the Cardano guys come out of the original Ethereum team? I don't somehow? know the Stellar origins. Obviously, Charles was on the original Ethereum team. I don't know how many people he brought along to Cardano or if he just brought, yeah. built a new team. I don't know. But Charles was the CEO of Ethereum for about, I don't know, 12 or 13 minutes. So before they, all oh, said, wow. get the f yeah, well, the whole team told him to get the fuck out because he was an asshole. So well, he's got that personality disorder and I don't mean it in a health way, way well, I just he, mean it as an asshole. And he was lying. So, you know, he was saying he'd served in special forces. He'd never been in the military. What? Oh yeah. All kinds of shit. Uh, the book by uh, what's her name from uh, unchained podcast is really good. Uh, shit. Now I can't remember the name of the book. It's Ethereum something. Anyway, great book. Uh, I'll find it, put in the show notes, but uh, it talks about how those discussions went. Hey, if I remember you're some story. Oh, sorry. Final story on Hoskins. Yeah. I remember one thing when Mark Cuban, he was trying to pitch Mark Cuban into um, Cardano and Cuban like messages back. Okay. So tell me. And he's like, Oh no, why don't you 
when I said a plane, you can fly up to my ranch in Colorado and we can spend a couple of days talking about it. He was like, if you can't explain it to me in 15 seconds. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but anyhow, let's, uh, exactly. next topic. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Hey, if you're hiring, uh, there's a, I'm going to put this in the show notes. Uh, there's a list of the Polygon people that were laid off uh, this week uh, that's circulating around. And there's some pretty skilled and quality people that have done some really great work if you go through this over at Polygon. So everything from design to development, to HR, operations, product management, all kinds of shit. So um, I, I encourage if you're, if you're looking for talent, uh, take a look at this list. It's growing. Um, but these are the folks, some of the folks that have been, not all the folks that have been laid off, but some of the folks that were laid off at uh, Polygon. So, Wow, and that's across uh, the board, too. That's like strategy people, HR people, designers. Yeah, yeah wow, I think they, they did like a whack across, you know, do the, do, let's just cut. Last one in, first one probably out. Probably engineering. I would say engineering probably had the least cut, but, um, you know, that's, yeah. that's to be expected in this world. Um, this, this, what was this? What was this? Oh, this is um, a project that sounds like it's going to try to take on Masari and um, and others, Nansen, uh, for offering data services, um, and but also making some of the data open. So uh, the ability for people to build their own dashboards, as well as an AI-based uh, chat GPT-powered crypto search engine, which is actually out, I think, in alpha right now. Uh, so for people to try out. So it's uh, Kaito, K-A-I-T-O, um, just raised 5.3 million from Dragonfly and some other folks. Um, but sounds like an interesting play. It'll be interesting to see how they leverage chat GPT in this thing. But um, evidently they already had a lot of the other components and data pieces in place prior to that. This is their website. They have institutional and individual personal products. Um, the individual product is the search engine and then, um, the institutional is all in one based, uh, search based research platform. So it's, I guess it's more of a, Hey, we'll help you save this information, pull the data together, whatever. So anyway, mm -hmm. interesting. Um, yeah. so I talked earlier about why is this page not loading? Oh, let me go back over here and make sure there wasn't anything I missed here. Oh, in the ridiculous world, we still have ridiculousness. <laughs> There's oh, a Dow trying to buy a Scottish golf course. Uh, evident, evidently, they're they're trying to buy uh, for for nine hundred grand. It tells you where the value of golf courses are these days, um, or the the value of the ones they're targeting. But from everything I understand, golf courses are are sinking in value uh, around the world, which was part of what Trump's problems were financially because they made such a big bet on golf courses. Um, but um, yeah, we're still doing this kind of stuff. I, I mean, look, I love the idea yeah. of a group getting together to take part in real world businesses. I love that as a Dow. I think it's brilliant. I, I, I'd love to see it, but I'd like to see it into businesses that are more about um, actually making money than, hey, all of us get to go play golf whenever we want in Scotland, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, also, I don't see the. I mean, this reminds me of what was it? Constitution Dow. Yeah. I mean, they basically publicly announced their bid. So then yeah. if it is indeed for sale, somebody else rolls in and says, I'll give you 950 grand. Yeah, I think exactly. you do this stuff through an LLC or some other whatever instrument, and then you convert it into a Dow after you own the property, you right. know, rather than going in and telegraphing all your moves. 
because I think that there's a, you know, this whole push on tokenizing real estate assets, the, what is it? $64 trillion market or something, um, which actually sounds kind of light to me, but it's a lot of opportunity to unlock value that we can only unlock through selling it or through HELOCs or something like that. You know, you can't just slice off 5% and go, you know, jump into a yield farm or something, or, you know, go lend it to a relative. You, I think, that kind of stuff is coming. So I like the move, but I don't like the implementation sequence on it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so I told you guys I set up that uh, that um, uh, HAL system, that if, that consensus bot. And uh, so I set up a yield alert on stable, single-sided assets, et cetera. And then I set another one up on uh, uh, larger yields over 20%. I just wanted to see what was came up, and we haven't looked at like yield opportunities in a long time. So I thought I'd just climb through some of these. Uh, this one is, uh, I guess you say open. I've seen this this protocol before. Um, I just I don't remember in the context of the discussion what we did, Joe, with regards to this one. But this one's got a nineteen point nine three percent annualized USDC return. Um, again, not financial advice, not, I'll put all of these links to, to the ones that I found in the show notes. Um, but you know, this is just more to let you know what's out there. You should make your own decisions, do your own research. Uh, this one is, um, this one is a trio of FUSDT, WBTC and ETH, uh, over at uh, beefy phantom using these are curve pools and it's paying 22.92% uh, interest. And there's 2.88 million locked in it uh, at this point. Uh, so I guess you have to go uh, pool it and then uh, come over to Beefy on Phantom and uh, get your 22.92% with your FUSDT, WBTC, and ETH there. So I thought that was a, an interesting one. Um, this one is... What's, uh, what's, what's Canto paying right now, just out of curiosity, in those staking models? I hear you guys talking a lot about it. The staking, the straight Canto staking uh, for delegating to for providing security to the network is 14.42%. And then okay. uh, the Canto note pair is at like 211% uh, when you yeah. put it into lending. So you LP and then lend. Um, so, you know, it's paying, and it pays in Canto. Um this was interesting only because this is DeFi chain. You and I have talked about DeFi chain before. It's kind of the hypey Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin-ish uh, layer two on Bitcoin that's trying to claim it's DeFi for Bitcoin. I've done nothing on this chain. When I started to look at it, um, the founder is way too shilly and hyper hypey for me. But they're paying 22.22% uh, on their... Um, on the DeFi chain USD stablecoin. So if somebody wants to journey over and find out what that's like, please feel free to let us know. So um, Ronora says 27% fixed on Y curve on resonate. Oh, that's cool. Definitely. I'll check that out. And Sean said high yield is like jumping off a tall building. It feels like flying until you hit the ground. Well, you just got to know when to get the fuck out. You also have to keep an eye on what the rewards are in right? If the rewards are in that protocol's token, then you need to be dumping those tokens unless you have some specific reason to think that, that they're going to go up in value. If you believe that that has potential, then, you know, go for it. That's, that's your, uh, that's your choice. Niblet says, given the risk, double digit returns just aren't enough. Uh, he, he said across the entire space, not just any one project. Uh, Sean said, double digit returns are the risk. <laughs> 
what would you say <laughs> if somebody came in and just saw those sets of comments would you say we're in a bearish state of mind with some of our uh viewers and listeners joe well especially when super bear is leading the whole thing you know yeah exactly 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 all right let's go look at some more oh this one's good matic uh usdc on arrakis uh uh finance on polygon 20.97 percent um this one is a, a weath on uh uniswap v3 on polygon so it's just eth uh 12.49 percent uh far better than you'd get just staking eth and oh this is cool because i am always fascinated by providing liquidity for bridges i mean obviously bridges have their issues from a security perspective that we've all been concerned about there's a bridge on polygon called all bridge usdc staking there is 16.68 percent no and permanent loss uh unless the it's permanent loss because some hacker takes your shit. i don't know um let's see oh this one i like uh this is frax uh eth so that's their staking uh, token for their new staking offering on Ethereum, and then just straight ETH on Solidly, then dumped into Beefy on the Ethereum chain, 18.32%. Um, now you're at the point of tripling standard ETH staking at this point, if you went this route. Um, so, uh, that, yeah. you know, something like this, Solidly, Beefy, all on Ethereum, this is something I'd probably dip my toes into if I was holding a lot of Ethereum myself. That's not financial advice. Do your own research, figure your shit out. But um, I certainly like 18% on Ethereum. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard though, you know, because you're like tripling protocol risk. But at the same time, you know, like when you say Canto and Note at 220%, I'm like, how do you not go for that? You know, because <laughs> Note, is, Note is they're stable, right? I mean, I don't yeah. I'm not doing anything over there. Yeah. So you're basically doing a liquidity pool with the stable, both in the same system. And so, you know, to me, that is a, I don't want to say safe or not safe, but it's a less complicated play. And it's something that has a, you know, a big upside future from stacking those tokens. Like, you know, you point out a couple of times in a row. So um, I don't know. What do you think, Brad? I'm not trying to like. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That's what, I mean, that's I like what I'm doing. Too. Look, yeah. look, I'm, I, I'm, I, this, I, if I was holding a chunk of ETH right now, it would be heading out. I, this is one of the places I'd be looking to put it because I, I feel comfortable with everybody involved in this equation. So from my perspective, mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. Um, Niblet says, agree, double digit yields indicate extreme risk and the upside isn't enough to warrant taking it. Risk 100,000 for a chance to earn 20,000 or go to zero. No, thanks. Look, you guys, I, I, I really do understand everyone's uh, cynicism um, because we've all been burned on quadruple digit risk uh, in the past. But here's what I would say to you. Um, there are a lot of plays right now on the liquidity side of things with projects that I think um, have long-term outlooks, uh, Ethereum, fracks um that for me putting a small amount in something like this is worth that risk because because if if these two die <laughs> we have much bigger problems in the space right and i know that my entire portfolio is wrecked right now if that's the case so from from my perspective yes you should make your own research do your own research make your own decisions decide your own risk tolerance but i like having some upside higher side risk 
uh, that I can play around with and take my profits and dump them. That's just, that's just me. I, I, I like to do that occasionally. It's certainly not ever more than, you know, right now, five to 10% of my portfolio. Now on the Canto thing, Joe, I have a, I have a nice chunk built up in there now and I'm putting more in Yeah. and that's because I want to accumulate Canto. And you know, again, it's a long-term crazy ass bet, but I think that Canto has legs for being a long-term player. And I'd like to end up being the, you know, uh, what is it? Six years from now, uh, having the five hundred fifty thousand percent return on stacking Canto. So, uh, yeah. Sean said, uh, Niblet says, note Canto at two hundred percent is more like it. Note mitigates the risk. Canto promises huge upside. That's a welcome deal. Yeah. So I'm betting on stacking that. Uh, Sean says, how does someone generate twenty percent return on ETH ETH play? That's the only question. Well, the, so there's multiple components to this. The first is is that um, uh, Frax is staking the ETH that you put in into as validator nodes on the Ethereum network, securing the Ethereum network is number one. Number two, they're then using that in their other protocols, I think lending, but I can't remember how all it gets used, but they're using it in multiple protocols. And then number three, um, solidly is a liquidity providing uh, mechanism. So I assume that's part of how that's all working and working with it. Um, and then of course, BT is uh, just compounding for you uh, on a, multiple times a day basis. So you're optimizing the yield that you're getting that would probably be normally 12% or whatever it would be. Um, but because you're automating the compounding in beefy, you're getting more. So um, look at Niblitz's comment. What'd he say? The last, his last one. Buy my ETH, ETH LP token and I'll send you an NFT with the answer, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, TunCoin. Yeah, so Go ahead, Joe. Oh, go ahead. That was a quick question. So you get the 6%, Frax gets the 6% of that 20 by sticking it in nodes or some percentage of it comes from that. Yep. Um, and then they're then it leveraging into it into their protocol, but I don't remember how they're doing it, but they are. They already provide a higher return on Frax ETH than you would get on just normal staking ETH, but I, I don't remember. So are they, are they paying it out of transaction fees in that protocol? I, or I don't, or I don't remember how they're treasury. doing it. Treasury, okay, I don't all right. how they're doing it. Because it is interesting when you, if you, and then Beefy being the auto compounder, you know, I don't know how that works these days. I remember back when it was APR, APY, um, you know, on ETH, how you can, you know, how, what kind of numbers they get. And then the final one solidly, what is it that they do again? I can't remember. That's the liquid staking, right? Liquidity. Li li yeah. Liquidity. Okay. Liquidity pools. All right. I'm trying, so to, somebody's find gotta the, be I'm trying to find the current Frax ETH payout APY. Hold on. Yeah, so right now, uh, Frax is paying 7.59% on uh, FRX ETH, which is Frax ETH staked, um, because they're utilizing it elsewhere. I'd have to go back and look at the documentation, but I think they were using it in lending. I just don't remember for sure. Got um, it. But okay. that's, look, that's one of the advantages for Frax having built out their entire ecosystem at this point. They got lenity, the lending, liquidity pool swaps, everything built into their protocol now. Um, so they control it and can optimize it uh, much better than uh, somebody who's a third party to a third party to a third party. So that's why you get the higher yields utilizing the Frax market. Yes, Frax could collapse. Don't get me wrong. Um, it is a collateralized and hybrid algorithmic stablecoin. Um, all of it's dependent in that ecosystem on Frax. They also have FPI, which is the the um, inflation inflation, targ, uh, inflation pegged um, stablecoin. It could all collapse. I'm just saying that 
I think, you know, that's one that I would probably make a high-risk bet on for the double-digit uh, returns. That, that yeah, I mean, they're good. definitely a leader in the space. Yeah. I mean, frack. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so I, and Sam's a good guy from what I've seen in the interviews you've done with him. So, obviously, I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm just kind of looking at yeah. that 200-plus over Canto Note. <laughs> So, Sean said, sorry, dude, that sounded exactly like a Ponzi, maybe just me. Eamon said, Frax ETH got, gets nothing from validators. It's like WEATH. If you stake Frax ETH, you get the yield of all the ETH validators. He's, uh, if you stake Frax ETH, you get the yield of all. Right, but, but to get Frax ETH, they're staking it themselves, I think, unless I'm just completely messing this up, Eamon. You are welcome to correct me, dude. Uh, Sean says, any yield above the staking fee is suspect or a recursive loop? Uh, there are definitely loops going on here. Uh, Eamon said, staked Frax ETH. He said, it's really, really cool. Sean said, I'll shut up. Don't ever shut up, Sean. Please don't. Uh, this is interesting, Joe, uh, just because it's TonCoin. Yeah. Uh, and on Uniswap version three on Ethereum, which is uh, really interesting. Uh, anyway, paying uh, paired with uh, Ethereum, 22.98%. Uh, no idea, you know, I mean, it's on Uniswap, but no idea what, what the machinations are for that one. I just thought it was interesting that it was TonCoin. This is a Uniswap token with Ethereum at 28.81%. Of course, all of these last few you've got in permanent loss risk. Um, yeah. You know, these are not stable coins paired up. They're, they're not single-sided. There is always going to be a permanent loss. Uh, liquidity providing historically loses money. You need high returns to be willing to provide it anymore. That kind of stuff. So, yeah, and um, also remember anything with ETH. I mean, there is speculation about post Shanghai upgrade about a big selling wave. So, you know, it's good that you brought up in permanent loss because yeah. if you think that's going to happen, then yeah, you, you got to make sure you you do your math and the the rewards are going to far outweigh. Uh, what's going to happen with that. And if we have yeah. a big dump coming, that could get worse very fast. Uh, right. Niblet says, I'm happy to risk four to five figure investments in high risk Ponzi's. I got, I'll, I'll give you a call this afternoon, Niblet. No, I'm kidding. But there's no <laughs> way I'd put six plus figures into the space. Real estate and ETS for that scale for me. I, that makes sense, man. I think that's a smart strategy. I like it. I like it. And BTC probably. Right, yeah, Niblet? I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really interesting to me because this is ZRX is 0x, which is the uh, one of the primary protocols being used across almost every DEX in the space. Um, they are a legit high impact organization. Um, and of course, there's impermanent loss here. And I'm not sure I, I have this zero clue why on Uniswap it's paying this fucking high unless they're just trying to really desperately boost liquidity for some reason. Um, there's only 118,000 locked here, 168%. Um, both of these tokens, I personally, not investment advice, think have long, long-term potential. Zero X is embedded in the ecosystem of everything on DeFi. So um, I really, this one perplexed me because it's so fucking high. Um, but you know, I haven't dive dove into it to understand, um, uh, how, how well it's going to go. One thing it's I did probably know, what you said, you know, the size of the amount of funds in there and how long ago did it start? Yeah. I don't um, know that. What's interesting is DeFi Llama has this thing now where their algorithm will predict where the current APY is going. So they're predicting that, um, within four weeks, it should fall to about a, a below 135.06%. Uh, APY. So oh, how I don't bad know. is that? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Nah. Damn, fuck that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, 
zero X BTC, also a zero X product, uh, protocol product only has 90,000 in, but a pairing of BTC and Ethereum at 25.52%. That's a liquid pool play, obviously. And this is ETH to ETH. I don't know what ETH P is. I'm assuming it's some wrapped token somewhere uh, on, well, on Arbitrum, uh, obviously. And this is on SushiSwap on Arbitrum and it's earning 13.91%. So you're basically pairing ETH to ETH and huh. you're, getting 13.191% on SushiSwap, um, only 31.7 thousand in TVL there right now. Well, that's kind of interesting though, because that eliminates sort of the, you know, you would expect, whether well, it's, I don't know what the P on the wrap is, but you would expect those to move in tandem, you know, right. that it wouldn't, right. one wouldn't go up and down. So impermanent loss should be off the table there. So it's almost like a, just staking ETH somewhere and, you know, where you can get what, 6% right now, and here you can get 14%. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm looking up ETHP now. There's one ETHP on Avalanche. I'm not, let me try it on Arbitrum and see what we get. Just to make sure it is pegged to ETH. It might not be. Maybe it's some other, you know, thing. Sean's going to throw some Russian Ponzi coin at this one, he said. Awesome. Um, I think he means ETH. It's <laughs> oh, funny as shit. Uh, I'm trying to find it. I can't find anybody that explains what the fuck it is. ETH P. All right. I was wondering if it was a Paxos thing. That's why I was. Ooh. Let me see. Because I can't think of anybody else. ETH P price today. Ether print price today. Ether print. ETH P is uh, there's also an ETH plus. Okay, ether print on Avalanche. Um, yeah, I saw it on Avalanche, but we're looking for Arbitrum. I mean, maybe yeah. it's the same thing. Uh, I don't know, but I can't find any info. Uh, but it's that one's not a track coin. So. Oh, it is. It is ether print. It is. Ether it is print. print. Okay. Yeah, it is ether print. I found that. So uh, they give five percent of all transactions pay Ethereum ether print holders in Ethereum. Smart contract designed to automatically send Ethereum to wallet every time an Etherprint transaction occurs. Um, yeah, okay, so this is not pegged. So uh, I don't think it's pegged, is it? ETH, ETH P to ETH? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That would be a good thing to know. Because, um, yeah, I've got a whole bag over here of ETH Z I can sell you. <laughs> Don't you have some Ethereum Max? Yeah, tons of Ether Max. <laughs> I got it from uh, Paul Pierce and Kim Kardashian sold it to me. Uh, that's funny. All right. Well, I'll look some more into it. Maybe I'll find some more info on it. Um, let's see what else we have. Die at 6.89% on a bridge, uh, th th that bridge called that's called a cross. So providing liquidity on the other side of the bridge will get you 6.89% with your die stack. Mm. Um, and this is the bridge. This is where it is. They also have uh, USDC on their bridge at 6.74%, uh, 8.58% for ETH, uh, WBTC at 3.99%, and um, I guess OACX oh, is their token, paying at 9.78%. Um, 
They have a max number here. I have no fucking clue what that means. Your total API for the pool, including the pool API plus rewards APR times your multiplier. Oh, I assume. Okay, so the max has to do with uh, probably you have to buy an NFT or something, and you're staking on their protocol, and then you get a bump on your um, on your stake uh, that you're providing liquidity for on the other side of the bridge. The nice thing about bridge liquidity um, is that you only have to. There's no impermanent loss, right? You're not providing um, a pair. You're, you're just providing yeah. one side of the swap. I'm not the swap, the bridge, uh, to provide it on the other side of the chain. So um, to me, that's interesting. I've, I've not done of, it. So Yeah. What do you think about like, I mean, I haven't heard much about this lately, but, you know, bridge hacks. Aren't those mostly when stuff's in transit? They aren't like hacking the liquidity pools on both sides of the bridge. Well, there have been I have there have been exploits that drained the pools on the on the sides of the okay. bridges. Uh, wormhole, I think, was 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 That's one right. of those. Yeah, I think okay. wormhole was um, draining draining the pool. Um, so there is and look, bridges are risky as fuck, but um, I use them yeah. <laughs> all the time. So you know, I mean, there is some new stuff in bridges. I don't know if you talked about it or just came across it, but new bridges that don't require uh liquidity on both sides it's like these multi-chain bridges that somehow they match you up and i mean i don't know was that x7 well some of them are some of no not x7 some of them provide wrappers on the other side uh one of them was Mm -hmm. printer protocol that changed its name to tech chain tech Mm -hmm. tech link tech chain link something i don't know anyway um and they had a model where what was bridging was their protocol token, um, right? So you would dump in your token, it would swap for their token at the current value, and then it would bridge it over fast because they have the minting capability on the other side. So you're not actually waiting for anything to actually, except for the initial message to convert over. And then you take the printer token on the other side and convert it into the token you want it. But it, it wasn't a seamless process. They were supposedly going to be adding that. But there are bridges like that that operate kind of on this wrapper model of transferring mm-hmm. the value. When you control the pro token on both sides of it, the minting of the process, then it's a little easier and it's a, probably a lot safer, right? Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, cool. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of liquidity, uh, LUSD on Stargate uh, earning seven point two percent. So another stablecoin play earning seven point two percent. Again, I have no idea how they're doing it, but um, they may be leveraging. Uh, they may be leveraging the liquidity pro- lending protocol itself, along with some other stuff. I don't know, but there's currently nine hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars locked on that. Hmm. yeah i've heard a lot about i haven't really dug in much there but i know shizzy talks a lot about stargate well there you go um and a lot of people um i'm hearing a lot of buzz about it over the last month or so so something good is happening there i presume absolutely absolutely so look it's uh you know i thought we'd just do a little yield run today i I was kind of in the mood kind of in the mood and i'll post some more i've been i created a yield channel so if you're out in the wild folks and you spot it uh, spot some cool yields, post it into the yield channel at t.me forward slash mission DeFi, t.me forward slash mission DeFi. Uh, there's now a yield channel. Also uh, added a builder channel. Uh, Chuck wanted to get together with his fellow geeks and uh, and talk to builders, people who are actually building the space, writing code, etc. Eamon, you're a developer. You could jump yeah. in over there. Um, love to see a bunch of folks over there having chats and discussions and collaborating and working together. 
And uh, Chuck and I are working on trying to set up a, a validator for Canto so everybody can play together, but we'll see how that goes. We're trying to figure it all out. But uh, if we can get that up and running, maybe everybody can make a little more than they normally would by staking on Canto. So we'll see what happens. So, uh, What else, Joe? You got anything else, buddy? I mean, I'm sure I do. Um, I can't think of anything right now. But, you, uh, you know, sinus meds, dude. Yeah, no, I did last night. It kind of makes me a little groggy, though. Uh, I kind of okay. like to ride these things out without any medicine. Um, I, I but, do that sometimes, too. Like, it's like, I don't want this. I just want it to all the get all the snot out so it gets out yeah. all the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, you. exactly. I um, but yeah, no, but it's almost the top of the hour. So if I start on a topic, it'll just go for 15 minutes. <laughs> But no, I was one thing I was thinking about was so he's damn. gonna go ahead. <laughs> no, I just lost it. I just lost it. But okay, it'll come back. That's that Sudafed getting me. There you um, go. There you go. All right, buddy. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for participating. We love and appreciate that you're here, Sean Niblets, Eamon, Chuck, uh, Ronora. Thank you very much. I want to check out uh, Resonate. Twenty seven percent on Y curve. That's uh, pretty exciting. Shizzy, Ooh. thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you being here, Chuck. Everybody else. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just take a just two minutes, folks. Pull the car over onto the shoulder at the rest area. Go into Apple Podcasts. Click Go into subscribe. The click review. Say, Joe and Brad are fucking awesome. Click submit. <laughs> click five stars. You're done. That's all you got to do. It's easy. It's done. It's done. It's done. Maybe we'll manufacture uh, an NFT for everybody that gives us a review. There you go. So that'll be worth bazillions one day. It's a DeFi Lunch TV NFT. NFT. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Our warped pictures. We we can't say a good review because then we'd be buying reviews and then we get banned by all the major podcast platforms. But we can say, if you give us a review... Uh, anyway, thank you so much. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, please click the subscribe button, click the little bell. Uh, so you get alerted when we put out new episodes and, uh, Joe would like for you to smash the thumbs up. He'd like it. Oh yeah. I gotta do it more aggressively. Thumbs up. There you go. Be aggressive, Joe. Be aggressive. All right. We appreciate you guys. We love you, Joe. Have a great afternoon. I hope you're feeling better by tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Thanks, everyone. Always a fun time. That's it. All right, guys. Have a nice night. All right, buddy. Bye-bye.